Future Effects Doxology Podcast, where we exist for the glory of God and the Cornish people. I'm Cody Fields, president of Westminster Effects. Go buy stuff for your guitar at WestminsterEffects.com and join the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. And make sure you subscribe. We're on YouTube, Apple, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can find those places in the show notes below. I'm joined in person by... Hey everybody, it's Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. And via the interwebs, John Ross, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, uh, still an admiral from Lincoln, Nebraska. Not yes, really, sir. really, you know. Like admiral no, in no, the great, and the, in, and what is, admiral the great, in the Navy of the great state of Nebraska, is that that's, it? That's the one, yeah. So no, uh, uh, you know, no affronts to our, you know, any Navy listeners. Uh, I'm, I'm not competing. Uh, with you, uh, but yeah. it's on the wall right there. So uh, my creativity for superlatives, I guess, is lacking this morning because I've only had one drink of coffee. Yes, and you sound a little froggy. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I've uh, I've had some sort of sinus thing since uh, last Friday, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, the cold weather and the snow has not helped. Yeah, and I'm, I've been in the same boat. Uh, I am coming off of a cough that my sister gave me, but I have apparently given no one else, including Kristen, somehow, by God's grace. They call but, that selfish COVID. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but but I've I've had two or three head colds in the last couple months, and I know you have. You've dealt with some coughing nonsense as well here and there. Yep. Currently healthy, though. Yes. Um, and, like, I've... I've coughed up stuff that reminded me why I don't like oysters. <laughs> it's so one. gross. It is. It is. Uh, and I've and I've been thinking about sickness, and I've also this is the most ridiculous example that has ever happened on this podcast. Y'all ready for it? So I have a fifty-five gallon aquarium in my house with five South American cichlids, and one of them has developed what looks like a growth. <laughs> And Kristen, <laughs> Kristen did some research, and it turns out this fish has a rectal prolapse going on. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Will Guy. <laughs> do with that what you will. But I've been thinking about sickness and how that fits so into God's world. How do we work <laughs> that into a Dumb and Dumber quote? You know, pets heads are falling. Our pets' heads are falling off. Our fish's rectums are <laughs> prolapsing. <laughs> oh, oh we just lost half our audience just right now but we gained and gained a whole other half dumb yeah, dumber quote. yeah oh, i think we're okay <laughs> oh man but but at the same time you know what what do we do as christians with sickness uh there are some who will claim that it's never god's will for a christian to be sick mm. uh and then there are some who effectively say it's always God's will for Christians to be sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a poverty gospel as opposed to a prosperity gospel. Uh, and then you have the various Reformed and Lutheran views that are closer to, I would say, realism, uh, where God uses these things for his purposes. So, yeah, Bellers, absolutely. where do we go from there? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. Let's go to the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't figured out how to, how to do that yet with the video. But... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think of all of the, uh, not exclusively, right? Uh, there's certainly, mm-hmm. uh, 
examples in the New Testament, especially the epistles, right? I mean, we can get into into Paul and uh, the things that he struggled with. We can get into, uh, you know, Moses and Aaron and Aaron raising up not only Moses' hands, but being the voice uh, for him who didn't have confidence. I mean, a speech impediment, not necessarily a sickness, but could be something that, you know, a, a, uh, uh, a torment of the flesh. Uh, but I often think of the passages throughout the Psalms that are, you know, depending on your translation, woe is or cursed be, you know, those who put their faith in the flesh, right? Put our faith in in God, who is the healer of all. And that's where our focus should be, not on, uh, not on the... Um, the sickness itself, right? Not, oh, this is sickness. This is an opportunity for God to heal me. Or this is a, like, thinking of the result as it, right? Think of it as, this is an opportunity for God too. Right? And be thankful. Perhaps that's yes. a way to look at it. Mm-hmm. No disagreement here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not even... I hobbled my way over here because I pulled a, everybody knows I'm entry prone and I probably pulled a quad in our church basketball game last night. And you know, you should so really use a trailer, but you should really use a trailer when you're moving quads. Like I should, heavy. Yeah. I should, yeah. like you shouldn't uh, just pull it. That's, but, that's not but it smart. Is, at the very least, it's a reminder that I so often take having two mostly working legs for granted yeah. where like <laughs> I'm trying to not fall over. <laughs> with yeah. basic locomotion right now, right? Right. I mean, I I, I guess it amounts to, to lamentation, right? You know, within the last few years, I've had tons of, you know, like foot pain from, you know, heel spurs to a weird thing that popped up during uh, the pandemic times where uh, my knee just stopped working. Like I couldn't make it move. You know, like I've been dealing with weird stuff like that. And it comes down to really just annoyances that go away in, in a week or, or something like that. But it's, I, I keep thinking to myself, it's like, I'm not that old, I don't think. But there's all of this stuff that I want to do, all these things I feel I should be doing, whether it be serving in church or going the extra mile uh, for for somebody or something that I just can't do because something hurts too bad. And that's a, that's a lousy mindset to get into because it, it, it downward spirals awfully fast. Right. Yeah. You know, the word of faith, prosperity, health and wealth, uh, so-called gospel is it's not wrong. It's misappropriated in terms of time, like we, we are going to be healthy mm-hmm. and we are going to be wealthy. We are going to rule over creation under God crowned with glory and honor. Mm-hmm. Um, every need will be met. Every tear will be wiped away. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more lack. There'll be no more knee pain and no pulled quads and no coughs. <laughs> right? Like those, those, right. there is something instinctive in all of us. I think it's instinctive in all of humanity that when we're sick or hurt, that we're not supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an effect of the fall of the curse that, you know, it, 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 throughout the ages, 
humans, when they get sick or they get hurt, they immediately seek healing. They seek medicine. They seek, we go to the doctor because we, we instinctively conclude when we're sick that I'm not supposed to be sick. Right. I'm supposed to be well. And so, you know, it, if, if we don't, if, if we don't let scripture help us understand that, then, mm-hmm. then it can lead to all kinds of, you know, wrong thinking and, you know, despair or, um, you know, misguided zeal. Um, and, you know, did the prosperity gospel, if we put the best possible spin on it, did it originate in people who had misguided zeal, misinterpreted scripture, uh, concluded that eternal longings were going to be satisfied in this life, not mm-hmm. in when the kingdom comes in its fullness. I think that that's something to think about is that we're, we, I don't think we have to shun in order to embrace the theology of suffering. I don't think we have to shun or disregard or dismiss our instinctive longing to be well, not sick, mm-hmm. to be pain free, not painful, uh, to be enjoying comfort and, uh, you know, um, happy things rather than sad things and uncomfortable things. Um, like and I, I don't, and I think, just real quick, I think a lot of what the prosperity gospel does is it it absolutizes uh, Deuteronomic blessings. Oh yeah, totally. Where God tells people of Israel, like, hey, if you if you obey me, then things will generally go well for you. Right. Um. And and we actually have seen that in Christianity, hospitals exist because of Christianity. Yeah. Because of people obeying the gospel. Right. But what? But what the? Uh, prosperity gospel has done is turned blessing which is all god's doing into effectively a wage is Mm -hmm. you know you decree and declare and you earn that thing that healing or the the fact that your mortgage is going to be paid this month or whatever Mm -hmm. they turn it into i earn that instead of god blessing you with with it and everything being a gift of god right And, and they also conclude that on on this side of eternity uh, anything that's not comfortable, happy, easy, uh, et cetera, is not a blessing. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. the gospel stands all that on its head. Everything you know, is a blessing. Everything is a blessing. I mean, the, the the apostles rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name. So yes. there is a, a sense in which we do rejoice in suffering. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because yep. you know. So we we as believers this is not true of unbelievers but as believers we can interpret all things as blessings because it's all working together for good right and we can still hold on to the eternal promise that sickness and circumstantial suffering is one day going to end it's temporary you know suffering is temporary glory is eternal and that we you know paul would say um you know, I conclude that the suffering we're enduring now is not even worth comparing to the glory that awaits right. us. So we, you know, there, we, we, it, it's not either or it's both. And, but I think that, um, we, we don't need to, I had somebody text me and ask me, they said, is it true that God withholds blessings from his children when they disobey him? And I said, no, <laughs> it's not true because Hebrew <laughs> says he disciplines those he loves. And so that's it, a blessing. And that's a blessing. So God never ceases to bless his people. Um, we just get hung up on the immediate um, because we, you know, we're, we're so myopic that 
we fail to, to embrace the long view that Scripture gives us of human history, uh, much less eternity itself. I'm going to come back to that. Admiral Ross, what do you got? You were talking about the, uh, you know, kind of the word of faith, you know, do this, get that piece. I mean, the, the further extreme to that is taking this authority that you have, right, and mm -hmm. speaking it in, speaking wellness into existence, right, uh, right, right. Of, of, your, of your own volition, something, you know, a, a terrible concept that we should, probably shouldn't gloss over. But there's pieces of this that we've, we've talked about, uh, uh, you know, kind of continuationalism versus cessationalism in the past on the show. Uh, and this kind of hints into that where obviously Jesus, the great physician, healing, you know, all firsthand, but then giving uh, or, or working that healing through his apostles as a way to kind of cement, you know, that, that early church, you know, what do we do when faced in situations where, you know, maybe it's a, a severe illness, right? And we have family coming around us or coming around, uh, you know, coming around the sick or the injured and their view may differ from ours on the presence of work such as supernatural healing in present day life. I'm still on the fence on this thing, right? Because like, and, and maybe it's just because I've got blinders on. That's entirely possible. It's not so much doubt as it is, boy, I want to see this firsthand, right? Like we, we've had some medical things in the family recently and both have turned out relatively pretty good. Not, not in the immediate family, but nonetheless. And, you know, we've prayed, we've, we've lifted those people before, uh, before God and said, Hey, if it be your will, heal them. And sure enough, they're healed. They also went to the hospital, you know? And so in my head, I'm like, well, is it, it was that God's method of miraculous healing was sending them to the hospital, right? Or was it the hospital or was it just, that's where they happened to be and God did it anyways, Right. God's sovereign, so all things go through, you know, all things, you know, go are, are ordained by God. But where, how do we talk about this, right, in in the light of, uh, of sickness when we have people on late night TV, the Benny Hens and the Peter Popoffs of the world, but then those in other parts of the world who have seen it firsthand and claim, mm -hmm. yeah, that happened. Like, how do we wrap our heads around that? I, th I think that, I, I don't know, I, I hope this answers your question or at least addresses it somewhat. I, I think that all Christian praying needs to be undergirded by the way Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, right? Your will be done on yeah. earth as it is yep, in heaven. Absolutely. So I think anytime there's a miraculous healing, um, supernatural healing, and, and I don't know, we can... We, we can quabble over semantics there about, you know, God using hospitals and doctors and, and modern medicine or whatever. But let's just say that none of that stuff is involved and someone is supernaturally healed. The only explanation is that God's supernatural power was at work and brought healing. What is that in and of itself? Hmm. It's a break in of the kingdom. It's a taste. It's an appetizer of the day that the kingdom will come in its fullness. 
Lazarus was raised from the dead and then he died. What was the raising of Lazarus? It was a taste of the kingdom. When it comes in its fullness, death will be no more. The last enemy to be defeated is death, right? Same with the raising of Jairus's daughter. So when, when Jesus heals the blind or the deaf or the lame, it's a taste of the kingdom. And these are, what are they called? Signs and wonders, right? Right. That confirm the message, uh, personal opinion, uh, how I interpret scripture. I don't think signs and wonders have ceased while at the same time, I will acknowledge we don't see them in our part of the world. Most of the people that I interact with, um, have not had a lot of experience with signs and wonders relative to what we see, let's say in the book of acts. But I would also argue that the narrative portions of scripture are compressed accounts. They're highlight reels. Sure. A lot of life is lived in between the episodes that we get in scripture. That's true. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, Peter's shadow was healing people. So let's just acknowledge that there, <laughs> there was something, you know, greater in quantity that, that went on in the days of the apostles than what most people are experiencing now. But I, I have prayed for people and they be healed. Um, I, I, there's a, a lady that she brought, we had a prayer meeting last Thursday night. She brought this up. She had this terrible asthmatic condition going on and she would go into this rapid coughing at any point that she tried to talk. This was years ago. And, um, I remember I was, it was a mother's day, um, mother's day Sunday. And I was up getting ready to go to church and I felt like the Lord nudged me to pray for Pamela during church. I just, so I texted her and I said, Hey, we're going to have a prayer over mothers and and I want you to come down and I'm going to pray about your cough. Uh, and I, and when I, I can't over exaggerate this rapid fire coughing that she was doing, it was like, it it was uncomfortable to talk to her at all Mm -hmm. because it was so bad. Uh, So we prayed and it was nothing sensational, weird, mystical or anything. I just asked the Lord to be merciful and to heal Pamela from this condition that she was battling. And it was over almost instantly. It, and it hasn't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would, and, and there was no medicine involved or no doctor, um, you know, prescription that, that ran alongside that. It just stopped. I attribute that to the a break in of the kingdom. Uh, and so my point is, is how do we think about this? Like when, when, when someone we dearly love is sick and maybe seriously ill, um, our instinct is to ask God to bring healing. And I think that's good. I think that's right. I don't think that's wrong. I think we, we can come to God and ask and pray, um, and even be led by the spirit to pray in faith, uh, for outcomes that he might intend to bring about through our praying. I think that's a part of it. Um, but at the end of the day, what we're longing for is the kingdom to come in its fullness. And I think we have to, we have to let that be our bedrock in all the suffering and sickness that we deal with in this life. We know that we are a part of, I read this this morning with my wife in Hebrews, we're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Everything else is getting shaken, Mm -hmm. sifted. Mm -hmm. That which is movable is going to be moved. But that which is immovable is coming, has come, and one day will come in its fullness. And that is the kingdom of God that cannot be shaken. Um, and I think that's what we're longing for. And I think that has to, un- we do- in other words, we don't just pray for comfort. 
we pray for the kingdom to come, right? That's, that's, that is the ultimate longing. Um, and, and all the circumstantial stuff that we, 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 we face it, it's, it, it, it's, we're not just asking God to make those situations better. Yes. It's good to pray for that. Right. It's but like, th- it's the difference between treating a symptom and treating the root cause. There you right? go. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. And well, said. you know, the, the pieces, you know, like I said, it's, it's not that I don't believe that it happens. It's more of, I mean, shoot the, the, the Lutheran Orthodox kind of doctrine is one of continual uh, of continualization right and but it never gets talked about ever i mean all these all these staunch lutheran pastors i mean they know it but they're keeping it close to their chest because like i don't know how to talk about this so we're just going to talk about luther some more and (laughs) (laughs) not not a terrible thing to talk about for well but at the expense of what you know that's that's you know that's that's the trade-off and for for me, I feel that I am lacking awareness in the realm of the spiritual because mm-hmm. those things aren't talked about. And not just that. I mean that those those kind of tendrils of hush hush go into spiritual warfare, right? Uh, you know the those those unseen battles that that exist all around us and i hear people talk about them and the first thing that my old head goes to because it hasn't been taught at least constantly throughout my life is one of is one of skepticism and i hate that right i hate being like oh you got healed hmm wonder what happened you probably took a tylenol no 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 like mm-hmm. like our first our first knee jerk reaction should be give thanks to god Right. Even mm-hmm. if he was working, even if he was working through a Tylenol. Right. Like, yeah. So I, I, and that, appreci- that I appreciate some- that answer. Yeah, that that actually is something that's gone through my mind with all of this sinus gunk that I've had recently is thanking God that that the Mucinex worked. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or that the Sudafed did work mm. uh, while also acknowledging if he wanted to, like if. If Bradley felt nudged to pray for this hack that I've had for a couple weeks and is on its way out, <laughs> and he wipes it out immediately, also thanking him for that. But also thanking him for the fact that it's a reminder of how much I should be depending on him in the first place, too. Like, the, it's it's this multi-layered thing, right? Well, I, I mean, I, I, John, I'm, an, I'm very intrigued by what you said is about lacking awareness of the spiritual realm. Um, you know, and I think that's a, I think that's a real issue. I would say that's true of me too. Like I, I, I want to depend on the spirit for discernment, um, to stay in step with the spirit as I go about my natural days, uh, and my natural task to be aware of what's going on in the spirit realm as, as the Lord intends to make me aware of that. Right. Like mm-hmm. for example, over Christmas, I got a phone call from a pastor friend of mine and or a text actually and he said hey do you have a few minutes to talk he said i need some advice from a recovering charismatic <laughs> that's what he said and i was like oh that's awesome so I, I i said yeah we'll talk and what he told me is you know he pastors a church not far from here is that 
there's a, a family in his church that he and the other elders. Now, this is not a charismatic church. This is not a charismatic pastor. He has no history, no roots like I do in such things. And yet he, he and the other elders were starting to discern that there might be something spiritual going on with a particular family in their church. And they didn't know what to do about it. Oh, okay. And they were going, they were actually scheduled to go over to these, this couple's house and pray with them. And he wanted some advice. And I, and I had to say to him, brother, I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with this myself. Mm -hmm. The only experience that I've had is that years and years ago, we had a family come to this church that lived, I mean, they were very wealthy, lived in a very swanky uh, neighborhood in this area, looked like the quintessential American dream family. And the husband came up to me after a service one Sunday and he's like, Bradley, there's, I I'm embarrassed to say this, but there's just some weird stuff going on in my family. Okay. You meant that kind of spiritual. You didn't mean, you didn't mean people were speaking in tongues and not interpreting it. You meant dark, I meant demonic, dark, demonic stuff. Yeah. yeah sorry okay. if I didn't clarify yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Dark demonic stuff going on. Um, and this guy comes up and he says, there's some weird stuff going on in my family, weird stuff going on in my house. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I mean, this guy looked as normal as, as anybody I'd ever met, but he talked about one of his daughters having these horrific night terrors, weird sounds, strange things going on. His wife saying weird things in her sleep, like all this strange stuff going on. And he was scared. So, um, myself and another pastor here, we went over to their house and sat down with the family to pray with them, talk with them. Um, and all of a sudden my pastor friend who worked with me here at the church, he points to a picture on the wall and he said, what's going on with that picture? It was a picture of the daughter that was having these night terrors. Mm -hmm. Now, my friend, this was Seth Kane, who's been on this podcast, yep. who is not a long time ago. Yeah. A long time ago. Who is not some weird charismaniac. He's Anglican. He's Anglican. He says, what's going on with that picture? And the wife hung her head, her, her countenance just dropped. And she went over to the wall, picked the picture up off the wall, took the frame out. And behind this picture of her daughter was this weird, uh, just scary, dark piece of artwork that she had gotten from a median, a medium, uh, that she had gone to see. Well, we knew that this was her second marriage, that her first husband had died. When her first husband died in her grief, she went to see a psychic, a medium to try to reconnect with her dead husband. Mm. And the daughter that was, whose picture uh, was in that frame was the daughter from that marriage. And this medium had given her this artwork to put behind this picture and, and it was all connected. I don't know exactly how it all was supposed to work, but it was all connected to this grieving widow trying to reconnect with her dead husband. Mm -hmm. And she had continued even after she married this guy to go see that medium. Oh my. And so we, we prayed, we took the artwork out and I mean, there wasn't like some, you know, beam of light. That right, came it wasn't off a movie. Yeah. Right. It, it, but it was like, there, th these things happen. And I felt like that was discernment that was given to my friend to recognize mm. something's going on here. There's some, See, there's that is so similar to accounts that, you know, pastor, pastor Hutton, uh, you know, at, at Christ has shared, I mean, mm. so similar. 
of I mean, that's that's one of his kind of areas of study and and I think just in his handful of years, you know, at our church is probably the most if not the only time, you know, things such as spiritual warfare and, you know, the the presence of the demonic and the presence of the positive supernatural have been, you know, acknowledged from the pulpit in my uh kind of in my own personal history. You know, I keep I keep thinking back and, and, and fully acknowledging that I just ragged on pastors who just like, yeah, we'll just pivot back to Luther, right? I'm going to pivot back to Luther. Uh, <laughs> one Congratulations, of my, you played yourself. Go ahead, Luther and John, <laughs> do your thing. One of, uh, a mighty fortress. Yeah. Ooh. On. The yeah, spirit you know, um, and the gifts. This, are... this is the most typical Lutheran thing to have ever Lutheraned. I could have sang it in German, so just uh, <laughs> it's it's – you gotta, you know, it's you don't want to you don't want to put too much salt, you know, on a, on a nice piece of meat. Uh, I think of Luther's explanation of the third article of the Apostles' Creed. Now, the context in which he writes is about belief in Christ, but the concept is is kind of the same as we think about uh, the awareness of the spiritual. And it just kind of hit me while you were talking: uh, is that we always want to be able to explain something you know, by our own uh, kind of empiricism, right? Our own senses, our own observations. And in, in Luther's explanation of the third article, it starts off, right? So the third article of the Apostles' Creed is about the Holy Spirit. And uh, Luther's explanation found in the small catechisms begins, I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith, so on and so forth. And that first part, I cannot by my own reason or senses, mm. I think could be extrapolated to, and since this is not scripture, we can play with it a little bit. Uh, I cannot by my own reason or senses discern the action of the spirit. Right. You know, mm -hmm. Discern the presence of the demonic. You know, discern the, the, uh, how genuine uh, a supernatural act may or may not be. I cannot by my own reason or senses, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith. And it's that work of the Spirit, perhaps, that is what entraps us in the gospel to be able to kind of set set our vision where it should be, set our uh, our default assumptions where it should be. That's good, John. Yeah. I, I enjoy how this rabbit trailed, but it all fit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh even even to your point, I told I told you I would come back to this where you said a lot of people get hung up in basically a short term mindset of this. Mm -hmm. I think that's true with a lot of things. Uh Corey Truax actually just put out a podcast about how that's true politically. Uh we think this is the most uh, tumultuous time in American history. It's not. <laughs> Just listen to him talk about 1968. Right. Uh, it, it was right. It was hilariously tumultuous, even. Yeah. Uh, but whether you want to talk about uh, miraculous things happening in the church, or whether you want to talk about the fact that we will be healed one day, the long-term view of God's sovereignty over all of history, whether that includes sickness and healing, or politics, or the demonic 
or what have you, God is sovereign and reigning through it, and he has declared the end from the beginning, and it's all going to fit his purposes for his glory and our joy in him. That's right. Yeah, and we need we need the scripture to, you know, just in the Bible study we just came out of, we, we were talking about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, like we need our minds renewed about this constantly. We need to talk about it. You know, we don't have, and, and one of the things that I try to encourage in our church is a willingness to talk about such things, even if we don't feel like we have the answers. Right. You know, it's okay to say that we're, like John said, I'm lacking awareness in in the spiritual realm. Um, I'm, I'm lacking discernment. I would say that that's true of myself, too, that I want to grow in that. Um, and, and we all know, uh, like, I, I say I'm a continuationist, but I'm really squishy on it. Yeah. And I got a lot of questions. A lot of questions, right? and that's okay. Yeah. But, you know, even you mentioned a mighty fortress. I mean, Luther said, the spirit and the gifts are ours, you know? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Mm -hmm. but against principalities and powers, right? So, you know, I think there has to be a sense that... Right. Though um, they may take my life, goods, fame, child, and wife, though they all be gone. Yes. Yes. I think, yeah, I long for for the church to... This is is a personal longing, okay? I'm I'm not saying that... Well, I'll just say it. I long for the church to experience some of what I see in Acts chapter 4. When the believers were threatened, when Peter and John were threatened, and they went back to the church and they prayed, and the place where they were, were was shaken, that they said, Lord, make us bold Mm -hmm. while you stretch forth your hand to do signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What is their expectation? A message and a confirmation of the message working together. Uh, The announcement of the kingdom and the evidence of the kingdom, not in this prosperity word of faith, gospel kind of understanding that nobody should be sick. And if they are, they lack faith. That's hogwash. But no, that, the message of the coming kingdom would be proclaimed and signs and wonders, tastes and evidence, evidences, appetizers, if you will, of that coming kingdom would be seen by those whom God is drawing to repentance. Um, I, I would hope for that. I would only tack on that can be as small as feeding the sick or feeding the hungry, praying for the sick and people coming to faith by God's power. And it can be as large as the things that we've already talked about. It can. It can. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I just think that there's a, you know, John talked about someone getting healed and us giving thanks to God for that mm-hmm. when they went to the hospital and they got the medicine or they had the surgery. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's yeah. good. Yeah. But what I see in scripture is, you know, Paul told Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach. But he didn't call that a sign and wonder. Right. No, <laughs> right? that's great advice. It's great advice. <laughs> but so I just think that there, there, is a, there should be at least some space in our theological um, framework for God to make himself known in ways that would only be attributed to his power right. and his work. 
yeah, not thanking necessarily for, uh, you know, the provision that have already been revealed, right? The provisions and mm-hmm. blessings that medicine and, and food and shelter, the things that we often and, and constantly should give thanks for. Uh, but you're, you're spot on. I think the, the overarching craving is God darn. I just want to see it. Yeah. You know, show me. Sir, we want to see Jesus, right? Like that's that's the cry of the church, I think. And uh, it's certainly, mine. maybe we should also pray for it. I mean i I think I would make it. I think I could make a strong biblical argument, New Testament argument, that praying for miracles, not not specific situations, but asking God in general to do miracle miraculous things. Mm-hmm to put his glory on display and confirm the message of the kingdom is a biblical new Testament prayer to pray synonymous sure. with, and, and I say synonymous, you know, as biblical and as biblically rooted as a husband praying for God's strength and, and the power of the spirit to love his wife as Christ loved the church. You do not have to ask yourself whether or not it's God's will husbands for you to love your wife as Christ loved the church. <laughs> it is absolutely God's will for that. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, so we, we don't have to ask whether or not it's God's will for us to proclaim the gospel to those who have not heard. We just, we do that and we pray and ask God to help us in that. I think we could also pray that God would do miraculous things and we don't have to get weirded out by whether or not I'm a continuationist or a cessationist or you right. know, I'm a Lutheran or I'm a Pentecostal or I'm a Baptist or I'm a, pre- let's don't get weirded out about that. Let's just be biblicists and let's just see that in the new Testament, the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the apostles in the early church included both the proclamation of the message and the demonstration of the spirit. Is that fair? I have no qualms. I think it does. And I'm not saying I know how to sort all that out at Greer, South Carolina, 900 North Main Street. I'm not sure. Come join us at 9 and 11 on Sundays. I don't know that I know how to sort all that out right now. But I think I can at least pray, Lord, do your thing. Let me stay in step with your spirit. I want to participate with you in whatever way you want to make yourself known. And I want to be open to that being so far beyond my means and imagination that um, I would be find myself in a place of utter and total dependence. I'm for that. Here, here. Amen and amen. Well, I'll drink to that. <laughs> of course <laughs> you are. Of course you will. You're Lutheran. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast. We love God, love your neighbor. Make some music. We'll see you next time.